Unfucked, the podcast attempting to unfuck the ever-fucked political landscape of these United States of America. I am Gunner, and I am joined by Laugh. Laugh, how you doing? I'm good, brother. Good to hear you. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. Um, a lot. I mean, every there's almost more content in the world than we can cover on our podcast without doing this full time, uh, which you know is, is is tough for both of us with our day jobs. But um, uh, you sent me an article um, a few days ago, and I'll, I'll just read the the title of it, and I'll let you kind of. Uh, expand upon it. Um, expert on civil wars says the U.S. is heading towards insurgency, which is just great news, isn't it? It's about like finding out you're at 30,000 feet, running out of gas, and That's right. no landing gear, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it, and of course, it's not the first time we've this country's dealt with civil war, obviously. Um, and we had an insurgency just, uh, what was it? two years ago um, at the Capitol. It hasn't really been that long. I mean, it feels like it was like moments ago, honestly. Yeah. But I, mean, I guess that's right. I guess it was uh, January 2021, right? Uh, was it 2021? Okay, so so maybe a year and a half. I was thinking it was 2020, but yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, because we had the inauguration on January 20th. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Basically, uh, this article is just saying none of us are getting along uh, whatsoever. And a, a lot of what we've talked about uh, in our previous episodes has been uh, the powers behind um, the reasons we don't get along. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I just kind of skimmed the article. So I'm going to uh, kind of let you take it from there. Yeah. You know, the, the lady's a professor at uh, UC San Diego, and she studies this subject. She studies... Uh, insurgencies in the modern days. She's written a book on, you know, civil wars, um, why they occur, how do you stop them? Um, you know, a lot of people in this country, and she brings this point out, and I think you and I have even mentioned it before. Um, when you say civil war to an American, uh, they tend to think about, uh, you know, Either the war of northern aggression, depending on what part of the Mason Dixon line you're on, right. or you know the Civil War, um, if you're in the rest of the damn country. Um, and you know, we talked about how some ways it feels like that war is still being fought in certain parts of the country. Um, at least that's how some people seem to act. And you know, um, people tend to think about that conflict um, in the sense of, you know, two armies lined up across fields from each other and they shoot at each other with artillery and cannons and, and, and rifles and muskets and cavalry charges and whatever, you know, the war, the weapons of war were in, in the 1860s. Um, and, and that is not at all what modern civil war and insurgency is. Um, you know, modern insurgency is, uh, you know, usually based on small groups of, of decentralized fighters who may or may not be coordinated with other small groups, may or may not be part of a uh, singular banner, um, who more or less declared war on their own country, their own government, whatever, um, 
And these folks tend to be, uh, as we saw in Iraq and in Afghanistan, uh, these people tend to pop their heads up and take pot shots at, at civilians and infrastructure and gatherings and things of that nature. And then they just disappear into the woodwork and just blend into, you know, your, uh, your population and, and they go away. Hmm. Um, and, and if you recall, we very unsuccessfully dealt with insurgencies in Vietnam, we very unsuccessfully dealt with insurgencies in Iraq, we very unsuccessfully dealt with insurgency in Afghanistan. And quite honestly, um, I'm not really sure that any modern military can successfully deal with a determined insurgency. Mm-hmm. I think that that's right. a problem that, uh, you know, I think military strategists would acknowledge um, that it, it's just incredibly difficult when you have a determined group of people. And, um, you know, we found that that happens all over the world for various reasons. Um and, and, you know, the thing I think that differentiates what is possible is, um, it, you know, the weapons that are available, if they're able to be accessed, are so much more destructive than what we saw, you know, uh, 200 years ago. Right. Um, and so there's so many more people that are subject to injury or death based off of of something like this. And then of course, you know, the second point of it is, is with an insurgency, um, you really don't have a a, a quote unquote opponent per se, in the sense that there is no opposing government with which you can say, this is the country that attacked us. And these are the people that we're fighting. And this is the country that must surrender. Um, Mm-hmm. It, you know, you kill a few people who claim to be part of this insurgency. What happens? You create more insurgents. You know, the people tend to, right. uh, you know, take their grievances and, and turn them into action when they see what they feel is injustice um, from a government structure. And, and sometimes what happens is and we've seen this uh, through our recent experiences in the global war on terror. Um our actions, you know, it's a cause and effect scenario. You drop a bomb on a house full of people because there's an insurgent leader there and you kill some women and children in the process. That's happened numerous times. Well, guess what? Those women and those children have extended families all over that country. And now every one of them want to see dead Americans. Um, the same premises can be applied to this idea that if we reach a point of armed conflict in this country, you can anticipate the same sort of things could happen very easily. Um, yeah. and, and, and that's a, it's a scary thought because uh, we, we've also talked about the school shooting scenario and the mass shooting scenario where numerous people die in a single event. Um, you know, you and I live in the South. College football is a big deal. Yes. Saturdays in the fall, people get together, hundreds of thousands descend on these college towns and, and they tailgate and party and go to bars and clubs and things like that. 
you know, I mean, what happens if 10 dedicated, serious insurgents show up with the type of weaponry we've seen from one mass shooter in a place with concentrated population and start shooting? How many hundreds of people die or thousands, thousands yeah. instead of tens or dozens, right? Yeah. Um, and and the access to the type of devices that would make that possible. I mean, not even talking about guns. I mean, you know, we, we, we saw with um, uh, the Boston Marathon bombing that people can just make devices out of just simple. A fucking crockpot. A fucking crockpot, yeah. I don't know how you stop that. I mean, obviously you can't ban crockpots. Can you ban nails and screws? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, I, I, I mean, ball bearings. I mean, it, you know, anything. These moves. things are not. These things don't. I mean, they, you know, <laughs> this, uh, not exactly uh, scarce items. Yeah. You know? Any hardware store in the world. So who's going to think of anything about someone coming in and buying seven boxes of nails, right? No. How are you going to track that down? I've done it recently, although mine was for installing floodlights. Um, but I digress. Uh, is Like you were talking about, the issue is more how we got to this place. And, and you're right. Like one thing will make it bigger and it'll just kind of uh, it'll grow exponentially from there as far as the dislike one group has for another group. And. And it's it's unfortunate because uh, as you and I have have preached from the mountaintop since we started the show and as we talked as we got to know each other and decided to embark on this effort, um, there were two things that became pretty apparent pretty quickly. One, it's a huge fear that we were too late. We don't have enough time to impact enough people to help folks understand why, they, why they're mad and who they really should be mad at. That was one thing. And then the other is uh, just the, 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 the extreme animosity among groups that is present um, that has never been present in this country before. Um, yeah. And... You know, and and I I always worry when you marry uh, religious zealotry to political causes um, because you end up with people flying airplanes into buildings in New York City, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we are in a similar state in this country um, with people who masquerade as Christians uh, who were in you know the you know, First Baptist Church of the AR-15 and violence and war instead of, you know, uh, the, the love of God, right? Right, right. Um, our evangelism now consists of bandoleros and, and talks of, of violence and murder rather than, you know, uh, bringing people to the love of Christ. I mean, that that's kind of what's scary is that the, the, the modern Christian church and especially in the South has become very, very, very much a, 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 an outreach or an extension of the extreme Republican politics that we see kind of all over the country. Um, and, you know, it's uh, a situation where um, if you, if you marry a belief that God is on your side, with um, war 
then you're at a point we used to call in history the Crusades, right? Yeah, right, sure. And, you know, in, in, in a brief digression, I'm always into watching, seeing stories that, that sort of talk to our present times. And, you know, there's a, a movie Orlando Bloom starred in, it's probably a decade old now, called The Kingdom of God, uh, where he yeah. was a... That's portrayed the character Balion, or Balian, the defender of Jerusalem against the uh, Saladin's army that had defeated the Christian army outside of Jerusalem due to the fact that the, the Christian army, quote-unquote, believed that God was going to allow them to go into the desert in full armor and wage war without concern for moving from water to water that they could just march out into the desert and God was going to keep them alive. Right. Right. So, uh, that's an example of the type of religious zealotry that leads to, you know, just what you and I would call fucktarded decision-making where all reason lapses, all common sense and facts and data lapse and all knowledge lapses because you believe, you know, your invisible friends are greater than the other side's invisible friends, and they're going to miraculously allow a human body to go days in the desert without water. Yeah, just yeah, right, yeah. The the rules that <clears throat> that God clearly <clears throat> excuse me, um, I laughed a little. Uh, they're they're uh, like the 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 rules that God has given us. That yeah, you need water, you need shelter. That do, that doesn't apply somehow. And but, yeah, because it, you're on God's holy rule, right? God rules it, so you can walk through a hundred and thirty degree desert without hydration. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, just the ego that takes, and I've said it on different uh, episodes we've done, I am a Christian, and I am conservative. And that is, you know, I can't even say that in the same sentence anymore without being grouped into the, to, with these people. So, like, right. uh, you know, I'm a man without a party. Uh, but Yeah, a man, man without a party and without a church, right? Yeah, yeah no one um, wants me. And I'm just like, well, no, I, I, I don't have the ego to say that through my faith that God has called me to take war on anyone. How would I know that? Like, what if the other person's right? They could be. God's the God of everybody, right? Not just me. Right, right. And, and so that story goes on, and basically it tells the story of how Balian rallied the citizens of Jerusalem to defend themselves with no knights and no fancy generals. He just prepared a defense of the city and normal people stepped up and defended themselves, their families, their lives from a a large army that intended to kill them all and take the city and fought that very large, very impressive Muslim army uh, and its most famous general to a a standstill where eventually he negotiated for the orderly turnover of the city and no raping, pillaging, murdering, that everyone's life would be preserved and respected and people who wanted to leave could freely leave. And there was a very orderly transfer of control of Jerusalem from 
the Christians that had it at that point to the Muslims for a period of time, right? Right. But the, his fight was for the survival of the people within the city, not for some emblematic idea of my God is bigger than your God, right? Right. And, you know, there's a pretty telling scene in that story where he meets Salahaladin for a parlay to talk about, you know, terms, so to speak. And, you know, basically the only terms were that, you know, we want these people to be able to leave if they want and have unlisted passage to Acre, uh, which was a port city, basically, I believe it's in Lebanon uh, at that point, but uh, on the coast anyway, so that people could go back to Europe if they wanted or they could go somewhere else and be free of attack, right? Right. And, um, but you know, it's uh, Sal Aladin in that scene basically says, I wonder if it would not be better for all if we did not destroy this entire city, you know, there was like, there was some commentary there because the point was all this war over all these quote unquote, holy sites that were important to the Jewish faith, the Muslim faith, the Christian faith, all this death around what was essentially idols, places rather than people. Right. And, um, you know, uh, if you follow that process with an open mind, you can kind of understand how uh, there's a lot of that in our present dilemma. There's a lot of people who are attaching religious justification to their not only their political position, but their actions and even now justifying violence in the name of God. Um, yeah. Let me say this to those people. You, you're no better than the Taliban. You're no better than the followers of Osama bin Laden. If, if your idea of solving this country's problem is killing your fellow Americans, then you are no better than the people that we derided 21 years ago when they flew airplanes into buildings in New York City. And you're not a follower of Christ. You're not. Uh, you're not a follower. You're really not a follower of any faiths. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if you go to the core and the essence of all faiths, generally the core and the essence of it is love for your fellow man, not violence against your fellow man. Right. Yeah, that's that's it. That's uh, You know, I... Yeah. I um, uh, I've said before, uh, I have a background in broadcast to radio. And uh, for, for the first time this week, I went around the dial while I was driving because I, I really hardly listen to radio anymore. Um, and a lot of it is is Christian radio. That, that That's the majority of what's out there, which is fine. Again, I'm a Christian, all about hearing about the teachings of Christ. I got stuck on this one channel and, and they were going on on this row the uh, Wade thing listening to this presentation of this uh you know obviously christian conservative radio station that was and again i am all about the love of god i'm about redemption through christ i believe that very strongly um uh it's it's i do but 
you know, uh, you can't say that, okay, now that we've gotten our way, we're going to go to California, we're going to go to the Northeast, and we're going to impose our will on those states. That, to me, is immoral. And that was the crux of the uh, sermon that I was listening to. Um, and I, I was... I, I I felt almost homeless as a Christian because I'm like, well, we can't go to other lands and just to impose our will. There's nothing in the Gospels that says to do that, you know, and if you're really following Christ, like, how do you even begin to justify that? I mean, and as we've talked about, abortion is awful. We wish it would never happen. Um, but sometimes it does. And sometimes people are in situations that... It's their situation. It's not ours. Um, For instance, the much ballyhooed situation this week where a 10-year-old had to travel to Indiana for an abortion because she was raped by an adult mm. and could not get an abortion in Ohio. And the initial reaction was that was a fabrication of the liberal media until the doctor who reported it to the Indiana Attorney General's office stepped forward to say, no, 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 this actually happened. Oh, man. So, um, you know, it, it's, a, it's a very interesting dynamic. And as you say, in this idea that we have allowed, uh, our churches have allowed their faiths to become militant and hostile and violent, right? Right. Um, I always go back to my point to all those people who talk about we got to do something no matter what. Most of those people fall into two categories. One of them is they lack any knowledge of history or two they are sort of naturally predisposed to this idea that of action, 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 right? Um, but I always ask, hey, when did the Christian faith explode and essentially overrun the world? Was it when there were Christian leaders of all the world? Or was it when the Christian faith was the most oppressed faith? Mm. And there was a, a the, the largest empire in American or in world history at that time was actively, aggressively attempting to eradicate the Christian faiths. Right. Right. And it, it, it almost became what it despised over time, you know? Well, it, didn't oh, it, almost, it more than it has did. become yeah, more what has. it has despised. There's no doubt about it because, you know, we went from people going into the arena and standing there and being attacked and killed while worshiping God in the Roman gladiator games to people talking about how many people they're going to kill in the name of God. Yeah. As though God yeah, would. We, we, had a, we had an apostle who was made the Roman centurions crucify him upside down because he said he wasn't worthy to be crucified 
as we would call it, right side up as his Lord was. Right. St. Andrew did the same thing sideways. Right. So those are the people who were, quote, unquote, winning souls and gaining converts and bringing people into the kingdom. And, you know, those were the people who were like signs and wonders followed, right, who gained the favor of governors and governments, right? Right. And the apostle Paul was held in jail for years so that the leaders of the Roman Empire could call him out of his cell and question him. Right before they ultimately killed him. So people talk about how they're going to overtake the government, blah, 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 how they're going to change things by either killing people or taking over the government. Um, and, and I just um, I just double down to wow, Right. I mean, my whole um, thing, too, is <clears throat> taking over the government and doing what with it? What are you going to do with it? And it's, well, the idea now is that it's, 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 it's almost like you can see it in what's happening now with this abortion stance. <clears throat> we have people who want to impose what is the equivalent of a theocracy. Mm-hmm. They want a church-based government but they want a church-based government of their choosing and no one else's. Right. And it, and if, if you're out there in the world listening and, and you are mortified by that concept, um, you better find someone to vote for that don't have an R by their name because those people are pretty much latched on to that policy, and that's where they're going um, today. Ted Cruz said that the Obergefell decision on same-sex marriage was wrongly decided and had to be reversed. Well, guess what? There's six Republican judges on the Supreme Court now who I think would reverse it instantly based on what happened in the Hobbs case that overturned Roe v. Wade. Um, and, you know, <laughs> I told someone I, I dearly loved the other day that, that this doesn't end at abortion. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, the same people in Texas that were drafting the anti-abortion bills that, that were part of the group of bills that got pushed before the court in the Hobbs case have turned around and, and drafted bills attacking people's rights to uh, access contraceptives. Oh, God. So, you know, it... it these are the same people who will kill everybody who doesn't agree with them. Yeah. Um, which you already mentioned. I mean, we saw how that worked out in 2001. Um, you know, it doesn't go any place good. It, it, it... See, here's, here's the thing that's kind of scary about it. You take a look at present day Ukraine and what has happened with the Russian invasion. Um, you've had entire cities turned into rubble. You've had horrific violence against civilians. Um, you've had all manner of, of sexual violence against women and children, and even men. Yeah. Um, and 
that war is being fought as a quasi-insurgency in the sense that the Ukrainian army is using American and Western tactics of small group, uh, you know, attack and move type uh, tactics against a force that's much larger that's just kind of blundering in fat, dumb, and happy into every trap that gets laid for them, right? Right. Um, and so much of those fights, uh, so many of those fights are, are happening in population centers where people are being asked to pack up and move away. Um, what percentage of the population of, say, um, Houston, Texas, for instance, do you think has the ability to pack up and move away on... 24 to 48 hours notice and go anywhere else and not be essentially a refugee? Uh, close to no one, uh, I would say. Uh, and where, where you right. can go. Remember, we're in, a, we're in an economy as working people right now where basically half of America's working class can't afford $500 emergency. Right. Well, what happens if you have to walk away from your house, get in your car when you're, you're spouse and your kids and drive north or east or, or west, I'm sorry, or south even towards the Mexico border on short notice because people want to blow shit up and kill each other and shoot things, uh, you know, missiles and bombs and artillery within a city the size of Houston. Yeah, no one. Every fucking body in the United States that found themselves in such a situation would be just like the Ukrainian population. They would be instant refugees. To Mexico, of all places. Um, that, that There's some irony there, right? In, there's some irony there. Yeah. Um, and, and so to anyone who might disagree with me who finds my commentary on these things amusing, um, and just sometimes listens because they're bored. You know, if you're one of those people out there who thinks that violence in this country against other citizens of this country uh, is going to solve anything, please go lock yourself in your prayer closet until you either pass out from lack of food and water or you come to your senses because... Um, if you're basing your idea that God sitting up in heaven wants you to attack and kill your fellow citizens, then you better re-examine where your heart's at because that's um, not anywhere where it should be. No, not at all. It's not the purpose of uh, Christianity. And just like that 10-year-old who was raped by an adult who somehow was fertile, um, you don't know the situation that any other person lives with in their day-to-day -day basis, and you have no rights. You are not God. You cannot tell people how to live. You can't do it. You can practice your faith. That's fine. I practice mine. Um, but uh, you, you, you can't start a crusade as, uh, as we wrap up here because we've hit 30 minutes. Uh, by the way, if you're listening, we're going to be doing more 30-minute more split-up episodes from here on out because uh, 
for one, I, we just think we can get better reach with our content that way. So there'll be a part two to our insurgency talk coming up um, on the next episode. But anyway, yeah, if you're listening uh, and you just think that your Christianity is the best Christianity, uh, you know, whether you're Southern Baptist and fuck the Methodist or fuck the Catholics or fuck the Muslims or fuck, you know, whatever group that you hate, you don't have the right to do it. And, and, and we live on one of the most blessed parts of the world with more resources than we possibly know what to do with. And y'all are going to fuck it up if you don't calm the fuck down. Is that a decent way to say it? That's a, that's a, that's a good closing to <laughs> segment one of this y'all need conversation. To, y'all need to chill out. Go back to your corner. Go stand in a corner. Whatever you need to do. But no. But stop it. Stop it. You're going to fuck everything up. Anyway, uh, let's be back. Uh, we'll uh, continue next week on this particular um, idea of insurgency and uh, what's pushing us uh, towards that and what that could look like um, next week. That sound good, left? Absolutely, absolutely. Let's do that. All right. It's unfucked. Uh, I am Gunner. That is laugh. Uh, unfucked.com, wherever you get your podcast. Stay sane out there. And if you, if you run across people who are crazy, which you will, I don't know what I don't know what to do. Just yeah. I got an idea. Okay. How, how about love them anyway? Love them anyway. There you go. All right. Uh, that, 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 I would make that the title of the episode, but I think I'm going to go with... Uh, what, what should we call this one? Insurgency or civil war question mark? What should I call this? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the fucking fucks who go to church and fuck everything upstairs. All right. The fucking fucks who go to church and fuck everything up. Unfucked.com and wherever you get your podcast.